are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. from Gaslight Lounge right here in St. Louis, Missouri. Going to tell you about our guest in just a second. Real quick, big thanks to these guys. Bye, Jack. They uh, gave us mic flags or mic covers. We're not going to use them, but I wanted to acknowledge the fact that they were made quickly and efficiently. We got some cool T-shirts as well. Here at Gaslight today, big thanks to sponsors, Melissa Kaiser, Cornerstone Mortgage, Logboat Brewing Company, and Travis, we've got a couple of events of our own i got to tell people about. May I? Please. Okay, right here at Gaslight Lounge in the parking lot, June 2nd. Get tickets, weareliveradio.com. The great Ian Bag headlines. You into him? I like Canadian comedians. Canadian comedians. He's there. Jonathan Kite, you know him from? Two Bro Girls. That's right. They're going to headline the big show here. Music by the Bernie Sisters, Gavin M. Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, all kinds of good stuff happening here. Lots of local comics. Buy tickets today. Get plugs out of the way. Get I think going. We're good to go. Let's do it today. Proud to be joined for a pop up podcast. First off, thank you to everybody who's joined us today. You give yourselves round of applause. It's, we can't hear you, it's but good it, to... it's good. <laughs> but we're joined, David Kegner. Thanks for coming in, man. I'm thanks so excited. You're helium all weekend. Yeah, we got to sell this out. Uh, his family will only fill up three of the shows right. on their own. That's you do have it. a lot of family My here Tip. in Missouri. Yeah, what's that? My uncle Tip. Tip. He. I haven't talked to Tip in like three years. How is he? He's great. Yeah. He's very you you met Tip? Tip and I used to wrestle cattle together you in the late eighties. <laughs> What's going on with Tip? You. Uncle Tip is my dad's youngest brother. And uh, he lives up in uh, out here in O'Fallon. Okay. And since he's from Tippin, they he got the moniker Tip. Tip Keckner. Tip Keckner. To me he's Uncle Jim. Yeah. I'm sure he doesn't listen to your podcast. Uh, oh, you'd be surprised. We're I big would in O'Fallon. Be, I'd be very surprised if he listened to it. Old tip. No, we were. Uh, yes, sir. We, no, we were just saying before we got started. Being, of course, from a small town. Now that you've gone Hollywood, uh-huh. you probably have sold out. And I've the lead changed. is liberal. Yeah. Right, a lot has probably we're, changed. Wearing those fancy boots in here, mm-hmm. like you own the place. Uh-huh. And now you're returning home. What's the welcome usually like? What's the welcome like in Tipton? Yeah, or yeah, in general. Yeah, we return home. It's always more like don't make a show of yourself. <laughs> what the you're, fuck is wrong with that? Not I'm a serious. big shot. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just, <laughs> but you know, it keeps you humble. You will never lose with humility. Humility True. will always serve you. Very true. Yeah. So you went back. I believe you were. Uh, were you like a grand marshal of a parade or something? Almost. I mean, how did that? Come? Almost. <laughs> Almost. So close. For Tipton's 150th year of existence, the sesquicentennial, um, they asked me, "Big grand marshal." I said, "Well, sure." So I uh, was going to go, and I, my son Charlie was going to accompany me. This must have been ten years ago. Um, and so they also wanted me to sign. Uh, pictures at the bank so I said sure and then they called me about two weeks before the parade and said what car do you want to ride in I said whatever you want me to (laughs) go in as Grand Marshal they said oh we're not doing that anymore what's that what's that exactly (laughs) no no one's going to be Grand Marshal I I thought you had asked me to be yeah no everyone's Grand Marshal the whole town's Grand Marshal I'm like 
this doesn't make sense. But okay, but at that time... Did the Patriots make this happen? Uh, Remember whenever they did that? They, they, they all came out as a team in the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. They didn't introduce so they the individuals. They did that against the Rams, unfortunately. Uh. So wait, so they called you to drop the line that said, hey, uh, this is a, a participation award kind of thing. Basically. Right. And so at this point, I can't back out of it. I can't, I can't say, oh, I'm not coming if I'm not Grand Marshal, because then it'll seem like right. my diaper's full. Well, and then, trust me, it is most of the time anyway. It's fair. But, so after you screamed at your publicist, Beth, who's here today. She was not working for me then. Okay, that's the I problem. Made her, yeah, I would have yeah. made her clean that one up. <laughs> it's a horrible misunderstanding. I mean, it's such a real thing, though. I mean, even going back to like the Seinfeld episode of him going back to his old school and getting bumped 18 times. That's a real thing that happens in small towns. And I'm not just picking on Missouri. Like everywhere, when somebody comes back, there's this, oh, you think you're better than me kind of mm -hmm. attitude. I find that to be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy I knew, Jimmy Miller, who uh, was once uh, someone I was working with, who's Will Farrell's manager and uh, uh, Adam McKay's manager and uh, like Jim Carrey's. He told me, never play your hometown. He's from Pittsburgh, and he said his brother, Dennis, would always have a tough time in Pittsburgh. That's their hometown. Now, when Beth was, she's working for me now, unless she gets fired before the end of this podcast. Possible. <laughs> um, I did play my hometown. I played Tipton. In my grade school stand gym. Up. Stand up. Okay. Did yeah. stand up at the yeah. grade school gym. Did I sell three shows or two? Sold it out. That's Sold all. Sold it out. I mean, Sold it back out. to the brim. I mean, you haven't yeah. seen that since the last 4 H meeting yeah. in that town, right? That would have been bad if I couldn't sell out my own hometown. <laughs> Although there are only 2,000 people there. There's 3,500 now because of the prison. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. They is moved big, the city limits. This guy's shaking his head. They moved the city <laughs> limits of Tipton yeah. to include the prison because federal dollars are allocated on headcount. As one so would one do. could argue that half the town is locked up. <laughs> <laughs> so the shows did you get did you get laughs at the shows though? That's what's important. Yes. That was good. So now you're looking okay. I'm looking so, at Beth because she was right. there. Did I get laughs? Of course I got laughs. <laughs> okay, so here's a question too, just to do with that part. It's a real of hot that. seat in here, folks. <laughs> right. We're going there's an air of danger. <laughs> there, there certainly is. Here's a fastball for you. Are you the most famous person from Tipton? Is yes. that next question? Like, how many famous people are from there? One of the guitarists from The Birds. The I'm not kidding. Oh, wow. The uh, band The Birds from the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, you would know they're uh, one of the most famous songs. Uh, turn, turn, turn. Yes. I, I, I guess you can sing on this because you probably don't pay uh, for music, do you? No. Sure. To yeah. every season, turn, turn. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that song? I feel like maybe that's been the soundtrack to something you've acted in as well, probably. too, at some point. The guitarist, I believe his name is Gene Clark, is from Tipton as well. Gene Clark. Shout out to Gene Clark. I think he go, might Gino. listen as well. Yeah. So yeah. Was that your inspiration for coming out to Hollywood? No. So what? Take, so you spent time in Columbia, Missouri. We were just talking about this. I was mistaken. I thought you worked at Shakespeare's. You worked at Los Bandidos, which is no longer open. I'm sorry. A Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Why are you sorry? Did you have a hand I'm in about its to closing? Say, but how did like? Oh. It could have been better. I want the shrine to you there. I want you to be able to visit Columbia and go have a meal. At Los I see. Bandidos. I haven't been to Columbia in years. Probably a lot different than you remember. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's grown quite a bit. Probably grown, sure. How did a, a fine, rural, white man like yourself end up at a Mexican restaurant in Columbia, Missouri? Well, uh, there were no persons that were of any <laughs> look, Hispanic. Look at him go. He's a ballerina tapping. Any Hispanic. Good. 
uh, heritage that ever worked there. Mm -hmm. To my knowledge, there weren't Thank any. Thank God. Yes. I don't think anyone brown worked there <laughs> at all. And I don't tan. <laughs> sure. There was an Indian fellow that worked there. Nice. We didn't serve Indian food. Yeah. Um, so hustled your way through Columbia. So yes. I'm trying to think. So experience in Columbia, do any acting in college, do any, no. any performance there? No, none. Wow. I, I didn't know. know I was a poli-sci major. As was I. That's crazy. Yeah. So I then uh, I quit going to school because I realized by my third year, I was like, oh, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to teach. <laughs> and the only way you're going to make it in politics is if you're wealthy mm -hmm. or you're from a, a political family or you're the smartest guy in any room you walk into. Right. I'm none of those things. <laughs> and I decided, all right, well, this is not going to work out. So I quit going to my classes. And then you become academically ineligible. <laughs> and so my dad said, well, Dave, I don't know what you want to do, but I don't think you want to go to school. That was it. I thought I was going to get in trouble, but he was quite happy yeah. to sell me the car I was driving. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then I got three jobs and worked in Columbia for the next year or so and saved my... Oh, I went up to, to Chicago, visited a friend, went to the Second City because I knew a lot of people at Second City had gone on to Saturday Night Live. Right. This is when you all had to read things from books. Yeah. And it was pre-internet. And so then I saw they did taught classes. And uh, like a bell went off. And I Did was that like, just wow. make your head explode? Yes, in yeah. a way. Like, wow, that's how you do this. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. So I surreptitiously wrote down the number on a matchbook because being from a small town, you carry a lot of shame and you don't feel like you're capable. <laughs> you're Catholic as well. Yes, Catholic too. Yeah. So I wrote it down secretly on this matchbook cover uh, or inside the matchbook as if, you know, like someone's going to tap me on the shoulder going, why are you writing that down? <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> You've got a real attitude thinking yeah. you could take those classes. Yes. So you inspired. Special? Yeah. Yes. So it inspired you to get up there that, and that kind of shot the, the career into yes. the trajectory. Well, then, then, where I, at. then I came back the next year. I went home, saved, saved money, and then uh, moved to uh, Chicago. That was it. Yeah. And that's the end of the story. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, it then was a good time. I classes at the place called the I.O. in Prov Olympic and uh, Second City at the same time. And I happened to be there at a, a very special time uh, in that. You don't know it, but everyone I worked with became super famous. I was there for nine years, and in that time span, I worked with Chris Farley and Mike Myers and Steve Carell, Steve Colbert, Nancy Carell, Steve's wife. Um, and there's a slew of writers for Conan, or for all the late-night shows right. Right. that still write we, for these shows. Chris and I just recently finished the Dana Carvey documentary that's currently on Hulu and discussing ah, the, the, yes, the, uh, the Dana Carvey show. Yes. The Dana Carvey show. And with his relationship with Steve Carell and being in that environment, did you guys know you had something special? Did everyone just trying to figure it out? You don't know. I, I, I worked with Bernie. Well, Bernie Solins was one of the... Uh, Pioneers of Second City. He created it. I can think he owned it originally. And he'd, I sat down and had lunch with him before I left to go to Saturday Night Live. And he said he had never seen a confluence of talent like had just been there the previous 10 years. Wow. Like the, in that time span, he said he'd never seen so much talent. That, that has to be an insane thing to be a part of, too, because just because, like, you're, you have a, a great show, right? Or you just knock it out of the park with a new character you're working on. And then you go home and you're like, I am still drinking shitty beer and uh, eating ramen or, or whatever you're doing or rent late or whatever it is. That has to be, did you ever, did you ever think about tapping out, heading back to no. Tipton? Not once. No. Yeah. No, no. I, I honestly, once I made my decision to be an actor, something inside me said this is going to work. I just believed. Right. So you, you make your decision and then you just kind of call your shot in a way.
That's fantastic. As far as uh, as people that maybe didn't get commercial or Hollywood fame along those times, anyone uh, anyone there we should have heard about? Sure. Yeah. Quite a few, I'm sure. Well, of course. Yeah. It, it takes a combination of things to keep pursuing it. And people are, your own, are their own worst enemies at times, too. Well, you see I, that. I always say there's only one person in my way in terms of success. It's not any other actor. It's myself. The only person... you're going to see your wife. In, yes, that'd be wife, weird. of course. Yeah. She's uh, supportive of me. <laughs> uh, no, she is. And, yeah. and, you know, that has to be part of it as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's the only person in your way. And there are plenty of my friends who have not made it to their full potential, I would say. And you look at them and like, I know plenty of guys that are much more talented and funny than I am, but for whatever reason, a combination of things, it just doesn't go their way. It's wild how that works out. Travis, when are you going to realize your potential? No, that's not even happening. It's I'm not going to make that right happen. Now. <laughs> right now. Happen now. Bring and it out. Now, and now, and here you go, and you just broke. And your career's <laughs> over. Wow, it was quick. Dude, that was quick. But, Up and down. But I've always been fascinated by this in the sense that we were talking about this before you got here. We were going down your list of even most recent credits. How in the hell are you a guy who has five kids, a wife, and you are doing voiceovers, films, television. How in the world do you balance that? Especially now. It seems yeah, like you're you, always so busy. you got to pretend you're a fulcrum, and you are the balance. I, I, don't, I don't think about it. Sometimes you, you just have to appreciate it. I will work three jobs a week. I will work three different ones. Like I'll do the show Superior Donuts, which I'm on. We just wrap production at right. the end of March. And then I will do maybe a guest spot on another show and a voiceover all in the same week, and I'm, I just got to remind myself that I'm blessed, right. rather than you can sometimes feel less than appreciative of how much work you have because you want days off. Right. You see your sure. family do all those things. You were talking about kind of realizing your potential. Whenever you hit Saturday Night Live, that's like a dream, right? Yeah. And then it ends up being a bit of a short run yes, on year. that. I mean, what's, uh, where were you at in your career at that point? I, I really wanted to talk to you about that because, I mean, you had memorable characters. Yeah. There were uh, obviously a ton of talented people. Didn't It wasn't a long part of your career at all. So, it's a nice credit to always throw yeah, on, obviously. I had thought I was only going to do three years. That's, you, you sign a six-year contract. In my mind, I had already made up that I was only going to stay there three years and move on. I had also felt that the show may have run its course mm -hmm. before I got there. And um, so that mindset, you can divine things. I really do believe that. And what had happened was the universe heard me because I decided I was going to be there three years. Well, guess what? You were so powerful, Kector. Oh, we let you go after <laughs> Hit the bricks. We're behind you, well, buddy. <laughs> the thing is, I had a very successful year on that show. I had like five or six characters, and I did political impressions. I was a bit um, reluctant to do their bidding. Oftentimes they'd say, hey, why don't we do a T-Bones talk show? And I would say, that's what's wrong with this show. We do too many talk shows. Right. Let's do more sketches. Yeah. They don't want to hear it from me. They ask me. Now, they're not really asking. <laughs> they're really kind of telling you, here's what you need to do. Plus, I'd pissed off one of the head writers and called him a hack. So that didn't <laughs> help. Mm. That'll do it. Mm. Anybody who's still working today? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. Is, is, right. is it still strained, the relationship? Uh, not that he knows. <laughs> I think he knows that he had a hand probably in my uh, termination. No, they just didn't renew my contracts, as they say. Right. But yeah, he knows. We've never talked about it. And I should say to him, why'd you do that? 
Yeah. Lauren didn't want me to go. And he blamed it on West Coast. West Coast had a hand in my not being picked up again. Wow. Yeah. Which is fine. Because six months later, my wife out in all L.A. That wouldn't have happened. So, you know, a series of events has to go a certain way for your life to go that way. But here's the thing. It's never slowed me down. Right. Uh, as you'd see, I've worked since. And how does that work, I guess, in the industry? Because you're, it's a, there's a strong likelihood that you're going to come back across these people at some point in your career yeah. if you stay long enough. So how do you balance that? How do you manage that knowing that, yeah, this guy's a real asshole, but I have a feeling there's at some point down the line we're probably going to cross each other. Did you grow up getting into scraps in Tipton, Missouri? I'm guessing like somebody from a small town, maybe things aren't always solved very easily. Either I've never been a, in a fight in my good. life. It's true. Not one. Not one. With that hat on, you're going to sit there and tell me. Um, not I'm, one time. Yep, I got boots too. So I could, <laughs> I could spread it as deep as you need it to be, but I've never been in a fight. Yeah. I guess because I can talk my way out of it. The mouth can get you in trouble and get you out. I kind of stepped on, on his, uh, his question, though. I guess being around that atmosphere in Hollywood, obviously you're going to cr cross other paths. Uh, as far as dealing with folks like that or even just failed projects. Here's the way I look at it. Yeah. In show business, everyone's going to get fired at some point. It's Absolutely. like being a manager of a baseball team. You're, everyone's going to get fired. Right. Every network head gets replaced. Uh, every executive loses their job eventually. That's just the way it goes. It's rare to have a job that long. Like You look at Lauren Michaels. He stepped down for those couple years because mm -hmm. he wanted that five-year run. It was done. Then Jane Demugian or something... Uh, came in and, and took it over, and then it was Dick Ebersole, I think, for a couple years. Uh, then Lauren came back. Mm -hmm. When's that guy ever going to catch a break? Dick Ebersole? Uh -huh. I mean, like, man. Isn't he passed? <laughs> uh, he's still around. Is he? Still work. Yeah, yeah. And then his son's doing stuff, too. But. I'm not sure that's the same Ebersole that ran it. I cannot Okay, remember. either way. Yeah. I, someone without, some nerd out there goes, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm trying a little sleep. To uh, give you the history of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> the Certainly doing a great job. Yeah, I'll say that. Pass, I want to fail, I pass. Yeah. I, I said pass. more truthful things than I've lied. Good. So, and the, the lies that I've made up seem true enough that I'm a modern day Mark Twain. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. I have uh, facial hair. It, it's looking good. How, you, how are you digging the beard? I am. It's hot. This so for, it's is great. this for a roll, by the way? I'm just no. curious. It's going to be nosy. It, it's just time off. Okay. <laughs> we, we wrapped in uh, March, and so you don't have a chance to grow facial hair right. when you're on, <laughs> held by the constraints of TV. Yeah. I, I was hoping you were like, I'm in the next season of Fargo. I was like, awesome. You should, wouldn't it? You'd be great. You have to shoot that up in, um, in Canada. Yeah. And I don't want to be away from my family for four or five months. Right. Yeah. That's, if you're in Vancouver, you can shoot right back down home. That's an hour and a half, that flight. If you're in Atlanta, that's a three and a half hour flight back on Saturday morning, catch the seven o'clock. You make a nine o'clock soccer game in LA. Oh, nice. And then I fly out in the afternoon. And so you've been home for 18 hours. Mm. So at least you have some time home. Right. But so, if you're in Canada, there's no easy way No, home. and then obviously everybody, uh, I think here today or listening is familiar with uh, your character, Todd Packer, uh -huh. on The Office, who was a regular, but you're not there all the time. So as far as all of the work, and then obviously you go out to shoot movies, got to mention Anchorman, everything you've done, what is the uh, the next evolution, where you're headed, what kind of slows down? Do you ever slow down? I mean, what's the what's the no. ultimate job that would uh, keep you busy and keep you close to home? Oh, the one I have on Superior Donuts. It's, it's uh, 10 minutes from my house. That's fantastic. CBS Radford. 
Yeah, it's familiar 10 minutes with that from area. my house. Yeah. And the Brady it, Bunch house is over there. Do you know that? I do. Okay. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you exactly where it is, but I know people get excited about it. It's in Studio <laughs> City. It's probably within three miles of my house. We sat, we stayed in the house next to that and got really weirded out because people stopped by there all yes. day long to take pictures. I'm like, what the, what is happening? There's also, isn't there uh, the stair steps in New York where they shot The Exorcist or something? Yes. It's very famous. Probably, which is uh, the actual Exorcist happened like a few blocks from here, too. Really? Yeah, that's a St. Louis tradition. We're like, yeah. Yeah, toaster ravioli, the exorcist, and the arch. Like, that's kind of a and thing. And then whatever I had this morning, gooey butter cake. Good goodness. You had that this morning? Oof. You're That'll a good sport. You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly will. So it, it's, it's a network show that goes on for 12 seasons. God, that'd be great. <laughs> it's, it's a CBS show. It's yeah. usually, it's kind of one of those shows. Like, hope, CBS is notorious for, like, ah, we're, we're here for 15 years. <laughs> hopefully, we are back. We haven't heard yet. I'll know next Tuesday. You have a lot of talented sure. people on that. We've interviewed Jermaine before, Jermaine's and uh, Rel has also been on. Rel Battle. Well. <laughs> Rel Battle. <laughs> I saw Rel the other night. We did yeah? stand up in town. Same show. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, so I do hope it comes back. It uh, also has Katie Seagal and the great Judd Hirsch. We have an amazing that cast. Is an, right? That's an incredible cast. It's a deep bench. Yes. Every player, Diane Guerrero, everyone hits it out of the park. So I'm hoping we're brought back. Um, but like, like that, don't know. With that being said, like the, some of the more marquee films, obviously Anchorman, of course, your time on The Office, th those the, the, from the film, the Anchorman, and of course, The Office, you had great writers, but there was so much improv still involved in those projects. How, do you guys, how, did, you, how did you guys ultimately figure that out? I mean, as far as being able to yeah, bounce off each other. Mix because that, yeah. you've got some great A personalities all in one room, and I'm sure you guys are just flying, but... You want to be true to the character. You want to be true to the storyline. How did you guys manage that when you had some great writers in the office and, of course, Adam McKay well, on The office is not improvised. Does it feel like it is? It, it kind of it, it feels like you guys – is that all written? Like I'm sorry. Everything? Yeah. Was, was, was What's Up, my nerds? That, no way that, that was, was written. written. I believe it it's was. It's on a T-shirt that our friends put on that yes. for you. And I believe uh, it was written. It was written. Yeah. Well, you, I, I, you, so yeah, all those you guys, delivered I, it like you fired off. Thank off, you. Off I, I, I'm right. flattered that you feel it was improvised. It be, it, That's how to, good I am. <laughs> you had so many people <laughs> with such an improv background. It made sense. Well, I know. So I guess I, I felt like it did. But what you've got to remember in television, you only have so many minutes. Okay. It's 21 and a half minutes. If you add an extra word, someone else loses one. Mm. That's really what it comes down to. Mm. And so you can't just, every sentence you say, is going to be replaced. You're replacing, if they keep it, replaces someone else's sentence. So you, to be a team player, do what's written. Now, if you have an idea for a line, you can certainly tell it to, it's, a, it's a really the writer and director's medium. Okay. For sure, yeah. Okay. I'm sure that goes over well with lots of notes for the writers. Well, I'm certainly not going to give them notes on the guest. <laughs> it's like if I would come on your show and tell you how to do it. Well, we could use some help. Clearly. <laughs> You are in some trouble. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, David, thank you so much for coming out it's here today. Pleasure. Everybody at Gaslight, get tickets. I almost want to incentivize people, if you were to show us you bought tickets while you're here, I've got some Cardinals tickets from our friends uh, at St. Louis Counseling Services. I might even just hook somebody up with some tickets here if you prove that you've bought tickets during this. So we're going to incentivize people to ah, do that. I'll be hanging out. So but, you'll uh, give them Show me a receipt. Redbirds tickets. Yeah. If they've already purchased tickets for my show, for your show, got you. I'm looking out for you. You're trying to sell. Is that, you Try do so well every I'm time. I'm going to get you... my hands on your ticket. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that happen again. Big thanks to everybody for coming out. Thanks to Gaslight, everybody making the uh, making this possible, sir. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody. We appreciate it.
David Koechner, Especially the man who brought, literally, a baby to a bar. <laughs> baby to a bar and is drinking from a bottle. So, hats off. Good parenting. Um, yep, there you go. <laughs>